and welcome to Good Luck High Five, episode 459. That's right. It's everything that you need to know. I started doing the one for the upkeep. <laughs> I... And I tried to switch uh, midstream, midstream and I could not. That's okay. This is a great, you know, segue to tell people to listen to the upkeep. That's right. If you are in fact looking for all of the magic news you need in 10 minutes or less, <laughs> that's not this show. But almost. That's the upkeep. That's the upkeep. Check it out. That's the upkeep. Um, our, our new show that comes out, news show that comes out every Monday. every Monday. But this is a podcast that's for you. If you play magic and you are looking for some more in-depth discussion about all the happenings around the multiverse. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we are getting you ready for your Innisad Crimson Vow pre-release. That's right. Judge Rob will be joining us. Yay! Um, our wonderful, wonderful friend, Judge Rob, who always has the the know-how yeah. um, and all of the deets on what's happening in, you know, in the upcoming set, how to navigate the new mechanics, some special tricky cards that have some things that might come up. You can be ready for it. Yeah. Every time Judge Rob stops by, I'm always like, I think I've got a handle on these cards. And then he names a couple and I'm like, I would have done yes. that wrong. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, even if you think you've got it all under control, it's always awesome to have a refresher here with Judge Rob who will go through everything with you. But before we do that, a big welcome to everybody who's a new patron, everyone who's been a patron for years and years over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. We right. appreciate you, you so much. are making this Judge Rob episode possible. Yeah, that's true. Judge Rob, a uh, wonderful, wonderful human being, comes in and helps us out. We hope mm -hmm. we're helping you out by doing these episodes every set release to get you ready for your pre-release. Remember, the the, uh, the set drops on Thursday, the 11th on Arena. Okay, so that's coming up. Real soon. Then it's going to be your pre-release at your LGS, and then it's going to be the release the next Friday. So, Ooh. like, this is all coming at you. Yeah. Whirlwind speed. You need to know. And especially thank you to yes. the people who are doubly responsible Yay. for Judge Rob being here, our new patrons, Christoph and Jerry. Yay, Christoph and Jerry. Thank you so much. And Michael. And Michael. Yay, Yay. Christoph and Jerry and Michael. Thank you all so much. If you want your name read, become a new patron before our next episode. We'll read it live on the air and give you so many thanks for help, helping support this show, helping support the upkeep, helping support our top 10 worst rares video. Which is coming which out is coming out tomorrow yeah. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5. So check out for that. Uh, all, you support all of our work is what I'm trying to say, not yes. just this one show. All of it. All of it. Uh, Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Thank you as well to Card Kingdom. Yes, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. If you are looking for a box of boosters to draft with your friends, no better place than Card Kingdom to go and get them. Are you looking for some of those hot singles? Magic cards, not other kinds. <laughs> Swipe right on Card need. Kingdom. Swipe right on Card Kingdom. Uh, all the cards that you need. Yeah. For, for your, your ma magical yeah. life. I, they, they've got everything. We always say it. Fast shipping, great customer service, excellent website with a lot of blog yes. articles on there that you can read too. Uh, excellent materials for beginners. If you need a friend that you want to get started in magic, they've got beginner decks that are single colors and they're super cheap, really affordable stuff. Card Kingdom basically just does it all. And if you like live in a, the area, if you're lucky enough to live in an area around a Card Kingdom mock store, they will even like, if you order a board game, they'll like give deliver it to you by that night. Whoa. Like, this is the service they offer because Amazing. they're so cool. You know yeah. what I mean? We love Card Kingdom. Pretty great. 
Hey everybody, we've got Judge Rob here to walk us through all of the new cards and mechanics in Crimson Vow. Yay! I am very excited to be back. Um, magic is moving at a very fast pace. It yes. feels like only yesterday that we were on Innistrad. I yeah. mean, we're still on Innistrad, uh, Rob. I know. That's <laughs> fair. Yes, yes. Fair. It is It is kind of wild. We talked about this last episode. Megan's like, we need to have Judge Rob back because Crimson Vow's happening. And I said, what? That can't, that can't possibly be true. And indeed it was true. Yep. Pre-pre-releases today. Pre-pre-releases today. We're recording Whoa. this on Friday, which is normal, earlier than we normally record our episodes. Um, but Judge Rob was good enough to come in and do this yeah. for us right when the set drop. Hot drops here yeah. with the set. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it literally, while, while I was driving over is when it went out of the wizard site, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wild. So. What timing? What yeah. timing? Well, Rob's going to walk us through all of the tricky new cards and stuff that might get you tripped up at your pre-release. Remember, Crimson Vowel releases on Arena this coming Thursday. So you're going to want to have all of this information in your brain nodes. Yes. And you like to start us off every time with a PSA. Yes. Um, this PSA is... A plea for people to do a thing that I want and then a plea to let them do what they need to what they need to do. Uh, vaccination boosters are out. Uh, get them. I it, we the the death rate is incredibly high in the US and it's mostly unvaccinated people. Um, that said, if people make decisions that you disagree with, don't be a jerk to them. Uh, a lot of people make principal decisions for reasons that you don't really have a lot of information on. And like, so people will treat me kind of snobbishly because I'll wear a mask inside buildings basically all the time. My wife has asthma and wears a CPAP. She can't get sick or it would be very bad. And she, the last time she got the flu, she got pneumonia. So I make the decision to be more defensive about her getting sick. Some people will make the decision not to get vaccinated. I disagree with it. I think it's a bad decision. They a lot of them are making it for what they believe are principled reasons. Respect them. The The way to convince them to get vaccinated, to do these things, isn't to make them social pariahs. It's not to shame them. It's not to be jerks. It's to listen to them, understand them, and then bring them to your perspective. Because you have a reason for what you're doing as well. And maybe you can talk them into it using using the the reasons that are things that you care about. They may have reasoned their way into the situation. They may have reasoned their, not reasoned their way into the situation, but meeting them on their level as opposed to like just shaming them and calling them idiots because they're not. Most people aren't idiots. It is the only way that I can really see to change people's minds on stuff. So, Rob, we're going to kick off this week, great PSA, with uh, returning mechanics to Crimson Val because yes. we've got a few friends coming on back. It's true. Uh, we have one that's coming back from the last set that was... Was that like six weeks ago? It was, so basically, I, yeah. I yeah, it, it was. It was really recently. Yeah. So, Disturb is back, and in the previous set, Disturb was normal things died, and then you brought them back from the dead as ghosts. Uh, this, it's ghosts die, and you bring them back as double ghosts, which apparently <laughs> yes. are auras. Like, yeah. Yeah. so we call this mechanic mega ghost. The mega, no, ghost. mega mega disturb. Sorry, <laughs> but yes. Um, so let's look at mischievous catgeist here. Let's um, look at it. Uh, so mischievous catgeist is blue and one for a one one cat spirit. Whenever mischievous catgeist deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So it's curious, like a cat, mm -hmm. and it has disturb of blue and two. You may cast this card from your graveyard, transformed for its disturb cost. And on its backside, that the transform side, it has cat-like curiosity, which is an enchantment aura 
with enchant creature, and it has enchanted creature has whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. If cat like curiosity, we would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So disturb lets you, if the card is in your graveyard, cast it for its alternative cost as the aura. It targets in the stack like a normal aura. It is that aura on the stack. While it's on the stack and on the battlefield, um, the cat like curiosity will have a converted mana cost or a mana value now of two because that's what the front face has. Exactly. Um, if you return it to your hand for any reason, so if you have a bounce spell that bounces Cat-like Curiosity, it bounces to your hand and turns back into Cat-like Spirit, or into Mischievous Catgeist, sorry. So it's the same as it was in the previous set. Um, it's just that things are auras now. I love it. It's really, it, like, <laughs> these are really good. There's like a Territorial Hammer Skull. Yes, there is. Tapity tap. Yeah, it taps things when it attacks, and then after you kill it, it still taps things. Like, you (laughs) rebuy, and then you still tap things when the new thing attacks. You hated about your opponent's creature, you will hate again. (laughs) Yes. What most of them do structurally, from what we've seen in the set, and I haven't looked through all the cards that have been spoiled in the last hour, um, (laughs) is they'll do the thing, and then they'll do the thing again as an aura but just grafted onto a creature. Yeah, I uh, think it's so cool. Yeah, there's a mythic that like kills your opponent, but it costs like four up front and seven on the backside. <laughs> and so I, I love that the backside <laughs> just says kill your opponent. You know, on you layaway. It, like you, you put your kill your opponent on layaway. Yes. It's like in three turns, if they don't figure out a solution to this puzzle, they will die. And you're like, is this a Saw movie? I- <laughs> <laughs> we I just mean, see Jigsaw yeah, like, it is yes. Innistrad. <laughs> and, and that's fair. On, on a white card though. So I don't yeah, know. Really yeah. strange. So we, wait, isn't isn't Jigsaw? Are you arguably white? white? <laughs> I mean, he's probably part white. He gives yeah. you rules and laws rules and a puzzle, laws. and if you yeah. follow his puzzle to the conclusion and do the rule and the law, you usually survive. So uh, I, that's what I'm saying. All right. Okay, I'm, great. Jigsaw's a white villain. I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's canon great. now. Yeah. Uh, so another returning mechanic, this one's a really cool one from uh, from the cons block, is exploit. Uh, so Graph Reaver here, black and one, uh, for a 3-3 creature zombie warrior with exploit. When this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. And then it says, when Graph Reaver exploits a creature, destroy target planeswalker. And also at the beginning of your upkeep, Graph Reaver, Graph Reaver deals one damage to you. Don't care. Love him. Yeah, he's just, this is just great. It's like a kill spell with 3-3 <laughs> three, three attached. Uh, so Graph Reaver, the exploit tri- ability is a trigger. Uh, whenever Graph Reaver enters from anywhere, if you reanimate Graph Reaver, exploit will trigger. And then you have the choice during the resolution to sacrifice a creature. That creature can be Graph Reaver. You can choose to sacrifice Graph Reaver to, Graph Reaver to its own exploit. Whatever creature you sacrifice, if you sacrifice, a second trigger goes in the stack. And you pick the target for the second trigger at that point. If they let you exploit, you're going to get a trigger that uh, destroys target planeswalker. So it's just all value. Yeah, it's just all value. Um, exploit lets you eat your decayed zombies. It's oh, pretty good. I love it. Uh, I'm actually really excited about eating decayed zombies with exploit. <laughs> um, this reverse faces are real spooky. Yeah. It oh is. yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. yep. And he's got like and 20 swords in his back or he something. He has a bunch of swords on his back and he's made of bones. Yep. <laughs> so Megan, I, I spoiler alert. are armor? You're made of yeah. bones. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I'm not exclusively bones. <laughs> I mean, true. you could be exclusively bones. Have you tried? <laughs> one day, right. one day. We will all be gray bones in a grave one day. It's true. <laughs> it's true. 
The, the ghost piloting our skeleton someday will hatch from its meat husk. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a lovely poetic way to put it, Judge Rob. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exploit. Okay, so we've got exploit return, we've got disturb. Back. Yeah, and then another one coming back from the previous set is daybound and nightbound. So let's look at Wolfkin Outcast here. Um, it's green and five for a five four human werewolf creature. This spell costs two less to cast if you control a wolf or a werewolf. And it's daybound. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night the next turn. So if it if it was neither day or night, so the game starts in an indeterminate state in a grave void. And if something that is daybound enters the battlefield, it becomes day. And then the active player is tracked. If they cast two spells in a turn and it's night, then it becomes day. If they cast no spells during their turn and it's day, it becomes night. So if they're lazy, they go to sleep. If they're really active, they wake up. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to think about it. Yep. Um, and it also doesn't care about your opponent casting spells. And it doesn't care about you casting spells in your opponent's turn. Right. So only the active player matters. If I play this and my opponent casts no spells in my turn, eh, whatever. Only the active player matters? Yes. Rude. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, that's how I treat commander games. All the rest of them don't matter when it's my turn. Right. <laughs> take your uh, word for it, Rob. So the, the back half, the transform side of this is Wedding Crasher. Oh, just let me take a second. Sorry, before you go on, just to give myself a big old fashioned pat on the back for calling this card. <laughs> Good job, me. And also the front half, I have to say, if you look at it carefully, tell me that does not look like Vince Vaughn had a baby with Owen Wilson and it was raised by wolves. Do you know what? It kind of does. Yep. Like, I can't deny that it does kind of look like <laughs> it that. It kind of looks like that, I, doesn't I it? I would need to see bigger because the oh, the nose, I have a hard time telling whether, because <laughs> I assume that the, the part from Owen Wilson that's most recognizable is his broken nose, right? Yeah. Well, it's broken. I feel like, look at it's the, not his baby. He's got a broken nose. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't you see it, though? Doesn't it kind of look like the two of them had a wolf baby? <laughs> anyway. If you will it to look like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, you can see anything, it patterns in anything if you look hard enough. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Bohemia. <laughs> uh, so, Wedding Crasher, though, on the back is a 6-5 werewolf. Whenever Wedding Crasher or another wolf or werewolf you control dies, draw a card. And this is Nightbound. So, the things I want to mention about this card in specific. When you cast these, even if it's night on your turn right now, you are casting the day side. So, you are always casting Wolfkin Outcast, which means that it will track the lower life total. Or not the lower life total, the lower mana cost. That if you have a wolf or werewolf friend for it. But if it is night on your turn, it enters and it's always Nightbound. It enters on the nightbound side if it is currently night. So it's cast as the daybound and goes. Yep. It just turns like, over. That's the sound whoa, of it turning I, over. It turns out that it, no, it doesn't turn over. It doesn't transform. It's just always been night uh, while it's on the battlefield. So it's just that side. <laughs> but it when just, does it, it go- arrives on the battlefield <laughs> and it's night, and so it's like here's my night side. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just in my head, I just need the physical. Like I need it to happen. Oh, when you're when you're playing with the physical cards, you have to do all this fidgety yeah. like yeah. turning it things over crap as it's traveling from your hand to the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. from the stack to the battlefield. From the stack, from yeah. the the stack to the battlefield. Yeah. Okay, so somewhere go. in there. I don't know why people say magic is a complicated game. <laughs> I mean, seems totally simple. There's only yeah. 380 pages of rules. It's fine. Yeah. Um. So. We're going to get to new mechanics. Then. New mechanics. New mechanics. Cleave. Uh, I picked this because it's ugly uh, and I want to <laughs> yeah, get it out of the way. You're not wrong. Uh, black, black, Path of Peril here is the cleave card I want to talk about. Black, black, one for a sorcery. It has cleave of black, white, and four. We'll read the reminder text in a second. It says destroy all creatures and it is a bracketed thing with mana value two or less. Uh, what does this mean? Cleave says you may cast this spell for its cleave cost. If you do, remove the words in square brackets. <laughs> Um, I have no idea how this looks in other languages. 
like it is. I assume they made this mechanic and then told the translators to suck it up because <laughs> I, I, yeah, gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, what? Yeah, well, gosh, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Because it, it, translations oftentimes aren't like word for one, word linear. One to one, yeah. 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 So, Woof. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I guess learn to read English people who only speak Japanese. Yeah, I would be yes. interested yeah. if anybody lets us know how yeah, this looks it, in another language so, to tweet uh, at us. Yeah, Cleave is, in my opinion, this is a beautiful, like, kicker mechanic. What it does is you pay the extra cost. It's an alternative cost to cast a spell. And then you get a different spell. It is a split card. This is a split card, like, path of peril, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pa- the if you just cast it for three, it destroys small things. If you cast it for six, it destroys everything. It is very ugly to look at. To be to be have these weird square brackets in the middle of the text. I understand why they did it this way. It looks like a thing from Custom Magic to me. Um, where it, 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 I, I look at it. It doesn't. You're right. It does not actually look like a real magic card. Right. It looks like somebody mocked something up. And yeah, I, I, we had talked about this last show, and I think it is creative and neat that they did this cool thing with language to make yeah. cleave work. But there are certainly some drawbacks. Well, because the other point is that Path of Peril, like you get to choose which spell you're casting, basically. It's a split card. It's also kind of kicker because you on all of these, you on all the ones that they had spoiled at this point, you're cast paying more to get a better effect. Yep. Um, you could do it the other way. You could remove text to make it worse, right? And so you could have a cleave cost that's lower than the mana cost. It's yep. not impossible to, to structure cards that way. Um it's it's a really interesting mechanic. Uh the 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 structure though, if it has a target on it, uh the target gets removed during casting. If something lets you pay this with an alternative cost, you can't pay the cleave cost. So if you Snapcaster Mage a Path of Peril, you must pay it for its just normal cost. You don't get to pay the cleave cost on it. Um, Fires of Invention, Snapcaster Mage, all of these provide alternative alternative yeah. costs. And it, the cleave itself is also an alternative cost. You can't alternative cost and alternative cost? Is Correct. that what you're telling me? You can't. You can't. Like, you have to choose one. It's like, here, you have this bright, wide cornucopia of alternative costs. Pick one. <laughs> all right. Great. Cleave, welcome Cleave. to the family. Yep. Even though we're putting you at the kids' table. Yeah. Well, no, it's mm-hmm. going to see, like, the, the Cleave cards are very flexible and powerful. Some of them will see play, um, but I just. No, I'm putting it there because I don't want to look at it. Oh, I thought you would just keep it at your table and put a bag over its head. Like, True. Yeah, like, that's fine. Th- that's the plan. <clears throat> um, blood tokens. Welcome to the new game object, blood, to being a new game object, blood tokens. Um, So blood tokens. Blood is an artifact. It says token artifact, blood in its type line. One tap, discard a card and sacrifice this artifact to draw a card. So it's like a clue, but it requires you to to discard um, and tap it. So a lot of things in this set make blood and use blood. Honestly, <laughs> very on point for Innistrad. Yeah, very on yeah. point. And, but, Makes yeah. sense. But not everything in Innistrad uses blood. Zombies don't need blood. No, they don't. No, that they um, really and don't. neither do ghosts. That tracks. Ghosts don't care about they, blood. Of course they don't. Uh, so we have Reckless Bloodseeker here. Reckless Bloodseeker, black and one for a 1-3 vampire. At the beginning of your end step, if you've gained life this turn, create a blood token. And then it tells you what the blood token is, but not every card tells you what blood tokens are. And the Restless Bloodseeker says, sacrifice two blood tokens, transform Restless Bloodseeker, activate only as a sorcery. On his other half, on his back face, he's Bloodsoaked Reveler, a 3-3 vampire. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, create a blood token. And then black and four, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life as an activated ability. Oh, okay. I'm into it. Yeah, he makes blood. 
and uh, he, then he makes himself able to get blood better and is bigger on the back half. The thing to note is with blood tokens, if you sacrifice them to an ability like Restless Bloodseeker's ability, you don't get to discard and draw cards. So you have to choose between transforming him and getting to loot. Yeah. Uh, or rummage. Rummage. Yeah. And otherwise you can just have blood tokens set out just like you do with clues or anything. Remember, if you leave your blood tokens out for more than two hours, they are they're going to go a little bad. So probably put them back in the fridge. They'll congeal yeah. a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little congeal. Well, congeal if you put them in the fridge. That's too, true. Right? Oh, what they'll you kind do? of congeal under a lot of circumstances. <laughs> yeah. so, How do you keep it fresh? Oh, you make no oxygen. You keep it in a sealed environment because it congeals because what it's doing is. How it, does Rob know the answer to this? So well, fast. Because that's how blood clotting works. <laughs> if you expose it to air, that's what makes it clot. Gee, it doesn't, Rob, it doesn't clot know. when it's inside your body. I know a lot about blood, just saying. That's why internal bleeding is so bad. Uh-huh, because uh-huh. it doesn't clot. Mm. Protect your necks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Okay. Uh, The other new mechanic, training. This is like reverse mentor, and I'm very, very here for it. So the savior of Allenbach here. It's a white, white one for a one, two human soldier with training. Whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. And then it has whenever savior of Allenbach trains, so some things will trigger from becoming trained, exile up to one other target creature from the battlefield or creature card from a graveyard. And when Savior of Allenbach leaves the battlefield, put the exiled cards onto the battlefield under their owner's control. Uh, it's a ton of words. The training part sounds complicated, but it's basically, do you have a bigger friend that's also punching them in the face? Yeah. Um, and if they have a bigger friend, they will try to get bigger to be swole like their buddy. The, the thing with training is, if you remember Mentor, this is Reverse Mentor from Ravnica 3, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's not quite the same, though. Mentor targeted the thing. Because it, you had a mentor and then you mentor some bird. Oh, whatever, yeah, that right? is true. And it had an intervening if that would check if both things were the appropriate size during the resolution, right? So if, like, they shrunk the creature that was trying to mentor the other thing, then you wouldn't get a, a counter yeah. sometimes. That's not how training works. Training doesn't target. The trigger goes in the stack, and then it doesn't care. If It doesn't care if the, if the trainer is dead or has a smaller power at the time it resolves. Whatever. It triggered. It's getting a counter on the trainee. Oh, that's so cool. That's way better. It's way better. And some things care about being trained. That is when the training trigger resolves. So training triggers in the stack that resolves and then it triggers the when this becomes trained. So it will have the counter and then that will occur. It'll have the counter and then the savior Allenbach will trigger and either exile their thing or probably your thing from the graveyard. You probably don't want to exile cards in their graveyard because they're going to get them back when they kill your savior of Allenbach. Yeah. But it makes it, it, this card is incredible, honestly. It's really cool. I want to make a mentor training deck where every card has either mentor or training. <laughs> and everyone's just like, blue counters everywhere. Pew, 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 pew. What do you, you'd have to use hammer dropper to make sure that you get trained all the time. I suppose you could use Aurelia. Well, I was thinking of Aurelia, of course. Yeah. I'm always thinking of her. What that, am I not that's thinking fair. of her? That's We're fair. all always it's thinking true. of Aurelia. It's true. Aurelia on our mind. You guys, that Angel's deck was so cool. Yeah. Anyway. I was going to say, did you all hear that the new Blade remake is going to be set on Innistrad? <laughs> I mean, yeah, makes sense. How, would they, how are they going to do like, the like blood shower thing, though? art that looks like this could be from oh, the new yeah. Blade. Oh, yeah. No, no, this is definitely... Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it. it Let's go. Really good. Let's yeah, this go. is like like a Blade prequel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it turns out that Blade is from Innistrad. Oh, and then later comes oh he's a planeswalker. Yeah, I would watch that movie. Walker. 
All right. It would be magic. very bad. Would be, but, of course it <laughs> would be. Film. We want it to what? be bad. I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't really want them to remake Blade. They are, right? Like, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. I, think, okay. I think it's... I think that they are. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I assume, but I love the original. Right, any movie that... I assume that any movie from my youth that I love is going to get a bad remake. Man. Or, or a bad sequel. I tell you, point. if they remake Back to the Future, that's when it's all done. <laughs> yeah. No, you just have to make another one. You like, you don't need to... Yeah, you can't remake Back to the Future. They're going to go back to now. <laughs> yeah. You're right. They're like, look at here we are. The year is 2015. Look at all these flying cars. And everyone's right. just like, what? It, it, like, oh, we screwed up our timeline, didn't we? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> and like, it, I assume if they make a, a, a new Back to the Future, it's it, like instead of instead of Doc Brown, the, the mentor is going to be Michael J. Fox. Oh, right. sure, 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 sure. Right. Okay, that would be, that, that's okay. fine. That's yeah. fine. kind of in it for that. But yeah. like, that's, you've really comforted me, Rob, when you said they literally cannot remake Back to the Future. Because <laughs> I didn't, I did not even consider that. They that really, is accurate. they literally right. cannot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Without just sounding very stupid, the yeah. entire film. <laughs> the Cubs won the World Series. Well, what? you know. Yeah, that, I mean. Th- it did I, happen. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> So we're going to talk about individual cards yeah. now. We're going to start with some individual cards. Let's talk about Alluring Suitor here. Alluring Suitor is blue and red, or sorry, blue and red, red and two for a two, three vampire. Uh, there's a lot of vampires without jobs in this set. Like, are they all just idiot hangers on? Yeah. Well, yeah, like this person's yeah. just They're like just hanging going out. To the well, this is the second vampire we've talked about without a job because like neither side of Restless Bloodseeker has a job. It's just vampire. It's just vampire. Oh. Like, well, this is an alluring suitor, so I assume he's landed gentry. Yeah, so they probably all yeah, are. Need a job. Or he's looking, he's like, he's trying oh, to yeah. get into like a oh, yeah. the gold job digger market situation. Is, <laughs> the jo- a gold digger, or, digger. The, or the job market in Innistrad is just really bad and they can't get hired anymore. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, so many people are dying you, constantly. I feel like, right, there's like the, they're not hitting the balance of like, too many people have died, so there should be open jobs, but there's not enough demand for jobs because too many people have died. Right. Like, yep. it, it, you can't be a Subway sandwich artist if nobody's alive to it's come to lot, Subway. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah. Wow. This is not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh boy. Wow, this is, anyways, Alluring Suitor. We're going to a wedding. Alluring Suitor says when you attack with exactly two creatures, transform Alluring Suitor. Yes. And on his other side, he's Deadly Dancer, which is a 3-3 vampire with trample. When this creature transforms into Deadly Dancer, add red red. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. And then for red, red, deadly dancer and another target creature each get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Oh. So the thing about Alluring Suitor is he looks like he's like reaching out. He's like, come dance with me. He wants a friend to come dance with him in combat. He does oh. not care. He watches two dancers and he gets so excited and he transforms. Like <laughs> two other people, two other things attacking. He does not have he to be one of the attackers. He does not have to be yeah. one of them. Yes. Oh, I, that, thank you for saying that because yeah. I just would have assumed. Yeah, when you attack with exactly why, two creatures, and he it needs to be exactly two creatures. So you play him, you attack with three creatures that turn, he does not care. He's like, that's not exciting enough. Three people dancing? No. Not cool. Not a lot. It, like, <laughs> I don't care. I want exactly two. Father-daughter dance? Yes. That's so weird. It should be him. He should I, be one I, of look, them. I, it's so strange. I, yes, it's, it's very strange. There's another vampire that does care about, like, attacking with another thing. And, like, I, I don't know. Alluring Suitor just doesn't have that. Uh, Deadly Dancer is pretty straightforward. Um, he makes free red red when he transforms and then um, buffs him and another target thing. It's it like yeah. the red red gets to get used right away. You get to buff it, him and a friend. Um, yeah. 
Hold me closer. Great. All yeah. right. Uh, so ancient lumber knot. <laughs> uh, ancient lumber knot is green black two for a one four tree folk. Each creature you control with toughness greater than its power assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Yay, butt fight is back. Yeah, butt fighting. Um, like, this used to be on a three-color mythic. Well, rare at the time, but, and <laughs> yeah. a legendary rare. Yes. Like, and now it's on a, now it's on a two-color uncommon. Wild. Wild. So, but Ancient Lumberknot, the thing that, with Ancient Lumberknot, if you haven't seen this before, it assigns combat damage, which means just damage when it's attacking or blocking. This is not fight. If something instructs Ancient Lumberknot to fight, he still fights with his face. Yep. I, should, I guess I shouldn't call it butt fight, even though that's what right, everybody exactly. called it. But right, it, it, because there is a card that does. It, 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 there is a butt fight card, like oh, there is in this yeah, set. From, no, from cons. Of yeah, Tarkir. from cons there was yeah. for sure. And so, like, there is a, there is a card that does that. This is just butt combat. <laughs> butt combat. Uh-huh. Yep. Now on FX. <laughs> yes. No. Right after American Ninja They'll Warrior. Make anything. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the yes. channel for Truly. men. Like. I, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining what would be on butt fight. It, it would be the the promos I'm imagining are simply horrendous. Everyone has watched it. Every, everyone has watched it. It's the darling of Twitter. Yep. And also, it's a it's Canceled. a commentary on America. Cancel yeah. after one season. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about cartographer survey though. Cartographer survey is green and three sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Put up the two land cards from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, any lands. This is great. You can pick hmm. two lands. They have to be lands on their front face, though. If they're modal double face lands, those aren't lands in your library. Those are spells in your library if yeah. they have spells in the front face. But some of them have lands on their front face. So you can choose, like, Branch Loft Pathway, right? Yeah. You cannot get Boulder Loft path- Pathway, though. Boulder Loft Pathway is the backside of Branch Loft Pathway. Um, I only know this because it's the only one that I remember, and I don't know why. Um, so branch loft is front, boulder loft is back. If you choose branch loft pathway with cartographer survey, you get branch loft pathway. You can't choose to put boulder loft pathway into the battlefield. Oh, you just get that front okay. land face. So you're stuck with that. Oh well, I'm fine yeah. with it. And you can't get you can't get any of the other ones, uh, any of the spells. Um, right. Agadim, whatever. You can't get that. Yeah. As a land, because it's not a land in your library, so cartographer survey won't see it. And putting putting a spell onto the battlefield tapped would be very strange indeed. Yes, um, <laughs> you, you you can't do that. The rules tell you you can't. If you try to do that, it goes back to where it came from. Cloaked cadet, cloaked cadet is green and four for a two four human ranger. It has training, so if it attacks with a bigger friend, it's going to get a plus one plus one counter. And whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on one or more humans you control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. This is a lot of riders to go on this. Basically, if any human gets a counter, even if a whole bunch of them get counters at once, you get one card. Cool. And you won't get more than one card to turn out of this card. They they really, like, put the screws on this to make sure that you're not going to draw two cards a turn. Why would you want to draw two cards a turn? It's an uncommon. Like... Yeah. yeah, Megan, why would you want to draw two cards a turn? Because it's fun. I, it, look, <laughs> I agree. It's fun and great. I agree. I was reading the thing, and I'm like, but I want to draw two cards. I know. Yeah. Like, have you ever have you ever been on turn seven, and you still have a full hand of seven cards? It's, it's incredible. A really, it's this a really amazing never thing. happened to me. This is why Library of Alexandria is the best card ever, pl- <laughs> best land ever printed. Like, that, that's literally what that card does. Yeah, yep. It's amazing. I, uh, you know? Yeah, you could keep a hand of, like, four Jigglypuffs in a... In a 
Library of Alexandria and play some magic. <laughs> can't even oh, cast man. those Jigglypuffs. I, I love no, Jigglypuffs. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can keep it. Yep. Uh, so, Geislate Snare. Geislate Snare is blue, blue and two instant. This spell costs one less to cast if you control Spirit. It also costs one less to cast if you control an enchantment. Counter-target spell unless its controller pays three mana. Uh, this is a straightforward card. We've seen this a dozen times, but it has two conditions on it. Sometimes the one thing can meet the two conditions. There's a bunch of cards from Theros that are enchantments and also spirits. Um, if you have one of those, it down costs both sides of it. So Ooh. you get to play, play this for single blue. Uh, it's actually Hot. pretty great. Um, I might try that in Pioneer. I don't anticipate I'm going to win any games because of it, but I'm going to try it. When you cast Gaslight Snare, are you obligated to be like, I didn't cast, I didn't just ca- counter your spell. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Geistlight, not Gaslight. Oh. Are, you ga- are you gaslighting me about the name of this magic card? Maria was just gaslighting us about the name of the card. <laughs> and that's Gaslighting. <laughs> Use this to explain it to your friends. Oh my god. That- <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep, okay. I can read. Anyway. Um, Markov Purifier. Markov Purifier is black-white 1 for a creature vampire cleric. It's a 2-3. It is lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you may pay 2 mana. If you do, draw a card. Also, Sigardian Paladin. Uh, white, green, and 2 for a 4-4 hu- uh, creature human knight. As long as you've put one or more plus 1 plus 1 counters on a creature this turn, Sigardian Paladin is trample and lifelink. And then white, green, and 1 target creature you control with a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it gains trample and lifelink until out of turn. So these are really similar in the way that they're that they're structured. They don't care whether or not they were on the battlefield for the event that they care about. So um, if you have gained any life this turn, and then you play Mark of Purifier after combat, so you attack with a random life linker, gain some life, and play Purifier post-combat, you can pay two to draw a card during your end step. Great. Mark of Purifier just asks the game, hey game, did this person gain any life this turn? Yes, they did. Great. I'm going to trigger Oh, that purifier has a direct line to the game. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's true. Sigardian uh, Paladin's the same way. If she has haste um, and you put a counter on a thing and then play her with haste and attack with her, she'll have trample and lifelink. Um, she nice. does not care if she was in the battlefield for that event. She she calls up the game and goes, did this person put a counter on a creature this turn? And game will go, yeah, they totally did. <laughs> uh, so be aware that they will just get their boss. I'm the game. I don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you ask the game of magic something, it has to tell you the truth. Wow. wow. That's how you always know which one of the game of magic, which door they're guarding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it also has to tell you if it's a cop. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's true. So Voltaic Visionary. Uh, red and one for a 3-1 human wizard creature. Uh, tap. Uh, Voltaic Visionary deals two damage to you. Exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Activate only as a sorcery. When you play a card exiled with Volcanic Visionary, transform or Voltaic Visionary. Or when you play a card that's exiled with it, transform it. On the other side, it's a Volt Charge Berserker. It's a 4-3 creature human berserker that can't block. Well, it really can't block because this does not untap when you transform it. Yeah, super can't block. It's it, like this card, I keep looking at it and going, wow, this, they decided to scale back the power of uncommons because this punches you in the face to like almost draw a card. And then if you do that, you can't draw cards anymore. Yeah, the backside is there it's, now. It, and it's yeah, like, that's just the other thing. It's not optional. When you play a card exiled this with it, transform it. It just becomes a tap four three. Huh. It never comes back. 
That's a real bummer. Yeah. Jeez. Like, well, I, I don't know what's going on with Voltaic Visionary here. It's just like, I punch Andrew you in the face, to- draw land, you play the land, and then I'm going to turn into a tap 4-3. See ya. Yeah. And it's only as a sorcery. So and it as a sorcery. really is. It's yeah. only during your turn. Yeah, only oh. during your turn. Weird. Yep. Right. That's weird. What a good time. That, like, I, they decided they didn't want this card to be good. I'll probably play it in limited anyways because it, like, taps to draw a card once, which is and turn into a 4-3. That might be okay anyways. Yeah. But I pay three mana for it. Yeah, that's fine. Two mana. Two it's mana? Only, it's only two mana. All right. That's the that's that's thing with it. Is it's a, like it's a 4-3 with some weird conditions, but be aware that it's going to punch you in the face. You're going to play a land and transform it, and you can't block with it, and you will find that out, and you'll be sad. <laughs> like, it can't block for two reasons, but yeah. Yeah. it also can't attack that turn. <laughs> um, so by invitation only. By invitation only is white, white, three for a sorcery. Choose a number between 0 and 13. Each player sacrifices that many creatures. Oh. It just, this is a five-mana Wrath of God. It, like, <laughs> that's what the card reads like. I but if you were one. ahead, But if you're ahead on creatures, you can pick under your number and kill everybody else's and leave some of yours behind. But you pick the number during resolution. So if your opponent responds to the spell, they're like, um, kill creatures to put you down to a, to a lower number. You don't make the choice for how many creatures will be sacrificed until this resolves. So they don't they don't get the chance to respond to that. If if they have five creatures and you have six, they kill one of your creatures, but you still want to save one of yours, you could pick four. They get to keep one, you get to keep one then. Oh, okay. That's handy. Um, it, it basically it's it's insulated against your opponent having tricks. Yeah. So thirteen every time. Thirteen every time. Or zero. <laughs> Like, sometimes you pick zero. I, I anticipate that I'm going to pick zero for this card at least once. Zero. Why are you picking zero, Rob? Because my opponent played some kind of trick and, like, they sacrificed all their creatures in response, right? Because that's the other thing. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they're they like, all right, yeah. in response, I'm going to sacrifice all these zombies to do a thing. And now I have no creatures. What are you going to do? I don't know. Pick zero and keep all mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's fair. Like, that's fair. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. it gives you that option. Uh, so Curse of Hospitality. Curses are also back. I didn't mention it. Curses are just basically in a lot of sets now, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, so Curse of Hospitality is written to enchantment or a curse enchant player. You can play this on yourself if you want. Probably don't, but you can play this on any player. Creatures attacking the enchanted player have trample. Okay, cool. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to the enchanted player, that player exiles the top card of their library. Until end of turn, that creature's controller may play that card, and they may spend mana as the or mana of any color to cast that spell. I'm sorry, but when I saw this oh. card, I read it five times. I, I don't know why they use so many pronouns. <laughs> it's like, very confusing. They use that player and then that creature's controller, but they're different from each other, yes. right? Yes, So basically, So what happens here? is you have a Curse of Hospitality, uh, I play a Curse of Hospitality on you, I attack you with my bear cub, I hit you with my bear cub, that player is the player that was hit by the bear cub. So you exile a card. Yes. Then I, because I'm that creature's controller, get to play that card. Really, uh, the only thing that makes this clear is the fact that it's a rare. <laughs> right. Like, you read it and you're like, wait, wait, wait if I hit you, do you, you exile a card? Com- or do I exile a card? Yeah. Like, like, I, they didn't need to use so many pronouns on this. I know it's got a lot of words. I know that if I look at this in German, it's going to have like, oh my a, like God. two point font. That, that, <laughs> no, in German, it's a little book. You have to open it up to right, continue reading. Uh, right. It's it's one of those triple face Transformers cards <laughs> that fold up. Right. Like it, so like I understand that they, they didn't have a lot of word space on this. Maybe this card shouldn't be printed if they couldn't make it comprehensible. Um, but basically, yeah, 
I enchant somebody else. I hit them. I exile a card off the top of their library, and I get to play the card off of their library. I thought it was so funny when I first heard. I'm like, "Wow, this card sucks!" Like, I guess my creatures have trample, but then they get to play stuff. Like, this is terrible. No, that's not how it works. Uh, and like in multiplayer, this is actually pretty cool because like I could enchant you to encourage you to attack her. Sure. So that you get free cards for attacking her. Oh, um, I like that. Note that you get like. A card for for each creature that hits whenever a creature deals combat damage to enchanted player. So you could like exile like five cards to give you the chance to play things. Um, oh. And so like th- this card is like for all of it being incomprehensible and hard to hard to read, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, a cool card. So, <clears throat> uh, Grolnak the Omnivore <laughs> is our next card. Um, what a what a buddy! A, what a, a buddy! Um, Blue green two for a legendary creature frog. Grolnak's a three three. Whenever a frog you control attacks, mill three cards. Whenever a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter on it. <laughs> you may play lands and cast spells from among cards you own in exile with croak counters on them. Ribbit. Is this the best counter type, Rob? Yes Ribbit. or no? Uh, there's a lot of there's weird so cool counters. There's so many of them. I'm like, putting you on the spot here. Yeah, they're, like time counters, like until they started doing them a lot, were, were pretty cool. Um, I like that planeswalkers have loyalty counters. Like that's actually a cool counter name. Croak is pretty great. <laughs> no. It's hard to get away from it. Yeah. Um, so Grolnak, um, he hits your opponent, you milk some cards, you put croak counters and the things that you want to play, you get to play them. Um, Grolnak has the ability that lets you cast things with croak counters or play lands with croak counters. If Grolnak dies, then you don't, you can't play those cards while Grolnak's gone. Okay. That said, a new Grolnak, a second Grolnak that you cast will see the croaked cards from the previous Grolnak. <laughs> So Grolnak is like, oh, another frog croaked those, but I can hear them. Yes, uh, this is like this is structured to be a commander card, right? Yeah. This yeah. shouts, "I'm a commander. I'm gonna hit some stuff with unless you play them." And then when your opponent kills, it kills me. You have to cast me again to unlock all of the cards that I yeah. that I croaked. I ribbit, love it. Ribbit. Yeah, but that said, this card's incredible, right? Yeah. Like this is a three three that kind of like draws you three cards every time it hits, every time it attacks. Amazing. Like, uh, this card's great. Yeah. Um, Big fan of Grolnak. And just like its dad, it has a little arm hanging out of its mouth. It's true. Yep. That's that's the that's how you know it's a frog. If it didn't have something hanging out of its mouth, it wouldn't be a frog. Wait, are you saying this is the son? You're telling me that this isn't the son of the Get Rock Monster? <laughs> I mean, it might be the cousin of the Get Rock Monster. It's not the same color combination. Do right. have that little one that's going to grow up, right? Oh, okay, From you're the right. Set, yeah. That's probably the son. This is probably Get Rock's, like, like wife. cousin. <laughs> wife. It could be wife. So Grolnak isn't. I, I don't know. I don't know how to gender a frog's name. <laughs> I don't know how to gender a frog, period. <laughs> I just call up an amphibian expert. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how to Rob do it Rob knows either. everything about blood. It has an amphibian experts on speed dial, apparently. <laughs> I mean, not on speed dial, but like, I would just go through my contacts until I found somebody who's like, oh, Anne probably knows something about frogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's our preview card. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's your preview card. I love this card. Uh, Stenzia Uprising, a red, red, two enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, create a one, one red human creature token. Then if you control exactly 13 permanents, you may sacrifice Stensia Uprising. When you do, it deals seven damage to any target. So this is a reflexive trigger. If you sacrifice it to this, um, it's going to deal seven damage to any target. If you duplicate that trigger through some kind of shenanigans, the original trigger, and you don't sacrifice Stensia Uprising to the trigger, either because you duplicated it or they killed it with the trigger on the stack, you don't get to deal seven damage. Um, because it is a when you sacrifice this, 
it deals seven damage to any any target. So I can't double this. Yes, <clears throat> you can't meaningfully double this. However, you could double the second trigger. So you have to wait for the seven damage targeting trigger, and then you use your 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 trigger doubler to double it, and then point it at something else as well. <laughs> oh, it's a uh, favorite card, trigger doubler. Trigger doubler. Uh, no, it's um, it's the tuning fork. What the um. Oh, Sionic Resonator. Sionic Resonator. Yeah. Yeah, Resonator. Okay. Uh, doubles triggers. Uh, so you can double that trigger, but you don't double the first one. And if they respond to the to the make a human trigger and kill it, then you're not going to get the chance to to light something on fire with this. Gotcha. The, the other thing with this is if you're above 13, darn. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just Sorry. keep making humans, I guess. Um. Must be rough. Yeah, I, I don't really have a good idea how often this is going to trigger. Like, I, this is it, it looks like flavor text, but at the same time, you get a t- you get a permanent every turn, so it eventually will will and let I you. Mean, like, it's counting yeah. your lands as well. Yeah, it counts your lands. So that's Keep the, that's that the other mind. thing. So like, you play it. You have four. You go to and it counts itself, so it's actually five. And then you make a token to go to six, and then you have like. Hopefully you've cast seven, other things. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you cast Jeez. some spells so you go like, like seven more turns before. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Cultivator Colossus. Cultivator Colossus is green, green, green four for a star, star plant beast. It has trample. Cultivator Colossus' power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And when Cultivator Colossus enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. Uh. <laughs> yeah. If you have five lands in hand and you play cultivator classes, you're like land draw, land draw. The thing is that that's all during this trigger. So if your land has a triggered ability that is when this enters the battlefield, that happens after all of your stuff with cultivator classes. Oh, weird. So okay. if you have like a like a Ravnica bounce land, so if you have like if you have um, Celestia Sanctuary, right? Sure. When it enters the battlefield, return to land. That trigger is going to hang out in trigger land. It's just going to wait there. And then after you get done with all your Cultivator Colossus nonsense, then that trigger goes in the stack. So you can't, like, play Celestine Sanctuary, pick it up, and then in, draw infinite and cards. Infinite, yeah, because yeah. because that trigger waits out there. If the land has a replacement effect that replaces entering the battlefield with doing something else, that will happen to Cultivator Colossus. So if you have Lotus Veil or Ooh. Scorched Ruins or anything that says, um, as this enters the battlefield, do a thing, um, those do apply. Um, so... There's a handful of those from older sets, and yeah. All right, that's weird, but okay. (laughs) Well, because it's replacing entering the battlefield. It's just like if this enters the battlefield with plus one plus one counters, replaces entering the battlefield with entering the battlefield but bigger. Sure, Um, it's the same kind of thing. Um, So there's a small number of those. Just be aware; those will happen during the resolution, but like the triggers will wait until the end. So we have maniform hellkite here. Uh, Maniform Hellkite, red, red, two for a 4-4 dragon with flying. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX red dragon illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. This card's nuts. This card's incredible. <laughs> so this, good. This card turns every spell into like a punch to the face or a random blocker. Yeah. Um, it, but it's based on the actual mana that you spent. And it's based on the spell that you're casting being a non-creature spell. This works really well with Disturb. Because a lot of the disturbed cards cost more to disturb them out of the graveyard. So you played it as some idiot 1-1 one, one that dies, and then you spend like five <laughs> mana for it. Uh, <laughs> this <Wow>. idiot 1-1? <laughs> one, one. Yeah. Lunark Veteran's really good, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, but like, uh, 
I just like to make fun of one ones. They're not very, they're not very big. They get killed by like everything. Uh, so it, the mana that you actually spend to cast it is what determines the size of the token, not the mana value of the card that you're casting. So if you spend seven mana for uh, for a disturb card, uh, then you're going to get a seven seven token. If you spend two mana for a dig through time because you exiled your whole graveyard, well, you're getting a two two token. <laughs> so be aware what you actually spend determines what you get out of mana form. Hellkite. Wow, uh, what a, what a wow. great list, Rob. <laughs> that yep. What do you? What's your thoughts on Crimson Vow overall? Um, my thoughts on Crimson Vow is actually one of the things I'm most excited for is the the someday future when they come back and retell Frankenstein in in Estrad because that has to be whatever the next in Estrad is right. I keep looking at these Dracula cards and being like, I don't care about you, but someday, someday <laughs> I'm going to card with Victor Frankenstein on it. I'm going to be very excited. All um, right, yeah. So like they're they're doing a lot of really interesting things. I understand that like. Other people are like super excited about vampires and love love the vampire stuff. Yeah, exactly. Me. I I don't I don't think this is bad. I think that this set is great for people that want to you know see Mina Harkner, <laughs> Mina Harker on a on a card, right? Like yeah. in, I I think it's really interesting that they're finally getting to do all of the like wedding themed cards that they've always kind of wanted to do on Magic cards, right? Because like they had all of these like stuff waiting in the wings like a wedding ring right they've never made that card they got to make a wedding ring card it's in the commander stuff but yeah yeah, yeah. um they also did made a very weird choice about the bride and groom stuff and made them equipments that you can equip on the same creature mm -hmm. so like you can marry yourself yeah you well it's not that you get married to yourself <laughs> it's that you steal their clothing <laughs> if you steal the broom suit and the bride suit and you, you become you an unstoppable them. monster yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. then you get plus I, two plus two yeah and Yay. like death touch and and first strike. Oh, do right? you get that as well? Okay. Yeah, you get death touch and first strike. It's actually just like <laughs> nobody can kill you. You're unstoppable, right? You're I mean, well, that's just how it works with any wedding dress and tux if you wear right. them at the same time. Right, yeah. exactly. Unstoppable. Um, so, like, <laughs> you literally cannot. You be can't stopped. be stopped. Yeah. Uh, do we know who Edgar's best man is? <laughs> like, that's the other know. question. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. It's been covered. Yeah, with, yeah. I would like to find that out. Yeah, because it, like in my experience from having been in a few weddings, usually like there's a person in the groom's party. It's oftentimes the best man who has to like solve all the problems. Their job is like things have gone badly. Yes. The groom has tore their pants. Well, I'm getting out my sewing kit. <laughs> like I, and so I, I, I'm just curious well, who Edgar's fixer is. If it's not noted in the story, we'll just decide. Is it, the, is it that vampire that turns into a giant monster from the deep? Oh, like, the Kraken? Um, Runo yeah. Stromkirk? Yeah. Yeah, Runo Stromkirk. I mean, that would I be my know. vote for, like, he will he will solve your problems. He will solve your problems by destroying them as a giant monster, as a as a Kraken. Yes. You yeah. will have totally new problems when he is done with them. <laughs> Great best man material. Which Think is, about the best Which is party. what I always want, actually, when I'm solving a problem, what I'm actually looking for is a new problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> different problem. Like, yeah, uh, a that, new and different problem. Right. It, it, this is why Molotov cocktails are the solution to... Everything because everything. yeah they yeah. they destroy one problem but yes. create, create a brand yes, new one. Exactly. Some more. I, I've learned I've learned so much from Jason Mendoza. <laughs> In our Discord, by the way, somebody very wonderfully made um, the butterfly meme, you know, uh -huh. and it's got my name over their face. It says Maria going like this, saying, "Is this a bat?" And it's just a squid. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yup. <laughs> well, everyone, it's the moment that you've been waiting with bated breath for. Cutest card and gross card of Crimson Vow. Yes, there are, you know, as as always, um, just there are quite a few 
um, pretty gross cards. I mean, Innistrad's got to have a you know higher Innistrad gross has card a pretty ratio. High gr- gross card. It has um, some of the infamously most gross cards. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Magnifying glass. Yep. Still one of the grossest yep. cards of all time. Yep. Really cannot even stand to think about it. We're going to stop talking about it now. And they could make a non-gross version of that because it's just a magnifying glass. It, it just finds just, cubes. But they had yeah. to like, just push it, didn't they? Exactly. Didn't they? they were like, we can't make a simple magnifying glass. No, oh, we have no, to make no. one that you can't look at. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which is really going to make it very helpful. Um, but, Okay. So a couple of runners up, Great. Um, Screaming Swarm, Ugh. which Judge Rob pointed out, pretty pretty gross. This is um, birds with octopus face? Yes, birds with octopus face with like eyeball yeah. in the center is not cool. The only thing that saves it is the fact that they have duck feet, which is very funny to me. <laughs> right, it's, it's very funny. They cool. have du- it's not cool, but they do have duck feet, which is, which is pretty funny. Okay. So, you know, that's all right. Um, I, I'll, I'll let it. You'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Um, let's see. Where there was one other one that was like pretty gross, but not but not super gross. Fell stinger, which we talked about last oh, yeah. week. Fell stinger yeah. eating the horse. It's just an enormous scorpion. Yep. Like hard pass, man. Yeah. Don't don't want to hang out with that guy. Um, but the winner of there are lots of spider there are lots of gross spidery ones this time. I am not about it. Um is Spore crawler. Ugh, I don't want to think about what's awful. going on there. It's really disgusting. It's like fungus and it's fungus and spider. No. Why would yeah. you slap those two things together? Keep them far apart from each other, okay? Keep the fungus and the spider far apart. That's I, just I, my, I don't like it. It's my only request. Ugh, it gave me the gross chills. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which crawler. so the, the thing about this, the, these are indictments. We don't like these cards. I love that artists can make good things that. Yeah, oh, the yeah heck for out of sure. Me. Good Absolutely. job on yes. Nicholas Gregory. Yeah, N- Nicholas Gregory, I adore that you did good art. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> no, this exactly. is I mean, they, okay. So actually Scott Crawler doesn't like the, there's there's definitely magic art that's that makes me want to look at it a lot less than that. That's actually kind of like a well structured, like I'm Ugh. not that unhappy with it as a piece. Uh, it's not pulling teeth. No. Oh yeah, that oh. is yeah. that is yeah. hard to look at. Yeah. That's true. Vile spawn spider is also another one that's like pretty, I think that actually looks to just Really well put together. I it, but I don't have yeah. arachnophobia, so like, but spore crawler is it like. It has like a little thing on his back with like another spider inside of it. I'm yeah, it's a baby it. spider. No, it's a mom Rob, spider. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> well, let's talk about cutest card to cleanse our palate. Yes. Yeah. Here. Yes. I'll give a runner up to. You might have seen this one coming, everybody. Wanderlight spirit. Which is a spirit carrying a little lamp. And by the way, I'm going to note this. It's not the only one in this set. There's mm-hmm. multiple spirits carrying lamps in Crimson Vow, which normally you only get one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's even one that gives away lamps to its friends. I know. It's like they're all cute and great. Um, yeah. But Wanderlight Spirits is the cutest of the spirits with lamps. <laughs> so congratulations. There's also lots of other cute cards in this set um, that tell a cute story uh, that like the grandma giving her cape to yeah. the granddaughter or whatever. Yeah. You know, That's adorable, but it doesn't you know clear the bar of cutest card, which is what we're looking for. Uh, we've got Mischievous Cat Geist. Of course, you all knew this one was going to be at least up there for me. It's a cat. It's a kitten even playing with a ball of yarn. Adorable. It's so cute. It's so and, and it cute. tells a good story too because it gives its ghost yarn to a friend. Yeah. Really, really cute. So I'm having a crisis because that card's really cute. But what about, I want you to take a cute look at Courier Bat. 
a cute look. That's something I just said. Yeah. I want you to take a cute look at Career Bat, which is a bat in the air wearing a golden necklace, carrying wedding invitations across the town. Yeah. It's pretty cute. It's okay. Do you know what? I will tell you. Courier bat is pretty stinking cute. It's pretty cute. It's true. <laughs> really stinking cute. Like I wasn't expecting, you know, to pick a bat or to yeah. like have a bat in consideration, but I was just kind of looking through them and I'm like, it's really cute. This courier yeah. bat is really cute and it mimics an earlier cutest card from way, way, way yeah. back in Ravnica, the bird that's carrying a scroll in its paws. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love that it's yelling. Yeah. It's like, hey, come to this way. Um, I love that it has a little necklace on. Very cute. So I'm yes. going to give cutest card for Crimson's Vow to Courier Bat. Courier Bat is very hard cute. working. It has a job that it, like yes. vampires don't have jobs, but ba- this nope. bat, this bat works hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like instead of the jobs being automated, the jobs have been bat bat batimated. Batimated. All the vampires batimated all of their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> And now they have universal vampire income. <laughs> oh, it sounds nice, actually. Free yeah. blood. Free blood for everyone. Exactly. The bats are doing all the jobs. We just all sit right. around drink blood. You're not, you're not making someone half bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to say thank you to our other sponsor, Oat. <laughs> It's Ultra a- <laughs> Pro. That came out. You knew you like were going to say Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro. Um, yes, Ultra Pro. Look at these. We got these deck boxes that they sent us that have like the little embroidered Planeswalker logo on them. These deck boxes uh, They're are so great. great. They're like nice, you know, they're nice hard case. This is um like their premium deck yes. box line. So it, it's hard and it looks kind of like fabric. Yeah. Um, and the it's got embroidered great mythic orange stitching. Planeswalker symbol. And check this out. Check Ugh. it out. Okay, we're going to open it up. Great yes. magnet closer, Great. by the way. Embossed Planeswalker Keep symbol. Keep going, Maria. Because it keeps going. So that you have your little dice tray. Look at that. You have your little dice tray in there, and you can just easily grab your deck Isn't from that it. so cool? Yeah. Like, and look at, like it has. Look at the inside. Yeah. Even the inside looks Shiny cool. Planeswalker logo. Ugh. Really just cannot say enough good stuff about Ultra Pro. Yeah, these these deck boxes are their Mythic Edition Towers. So that's the Alcove Tower. Yeah. If you're looking for a great gift uh, this holiday season, um, I think these are wonderful because they're kind of like the top of the line deck box. So if you're yeah. like, I want to get somebody something that's like number that one. looks nice. Number one top of the yeah. line. Ultra Pro. Well, human beings, that's our episode. Yes. And all you vampires oh, yeah. out there. Definitely. And all of you bats. Like Judge Rob, you know. Yeah. Like he was up here he saying he was a lot about vampire, blood. But he knew a lot. He knew a lot about and blood. And he's got a frog person on his phone, like ready to call. Yeah. Mm, mm. Something fishy's going on there, Judge Rob. It's something vampy is something going vampy. On there. Oh my gosh, vampy was I keep talking about my nicknames on the show. That was another one of my nicknames <laughs> when I had a vampire club. <laughs> Who let you start that? Myself. Okay. <laughs> but honestly, probably the school was fairly concerned if they were. Yeah. Like, Maria's got a weird vampire club going on with Uh-oh. some kids. Keep an eye on that now, one. Now I'm like, oh, did I get in trouble for that? And I'm like, I think I might have been called into the counselor's office about They're it. like, hey. Hey, so like, what we is just the have, deal with it? We have some questions. <laughs> yeah. I was a strange child. Shocking no one. Uh, yeah. Vampire club. I was vampy. So I'm excited, obviously, for vampires and crimson vampires. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, 
so so excited we can't wait to you know be back here next week to talk oh, about it yeah we'll let you know what happened for our pre-releases what kind mm-hmm. of stuff we think is awesome and limited mm-hmm. with our first playthroughs of the set like we said earlier uh wednesday which is tomorrow uh, from the if you're listening to this on the day of the release you can find our top 10 worst rares to open in your sealed pool on our youtube youtube.com slash good luck high five so check yeah. that out um i honestly like taking the first look at this set Seems like it's going to be awesome with Midnight yeah. Hunt. <laughs> like it does. I for playing yeah. the double feature. I'm real excited. That's coming up in January. And werewolves. Yep. Might actually be good now. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. Thank you. Also, yeah. Before we go to all of our new patrons. Yes. Uh, to Michael, Jerry, and Kristoff. Uh, thank you to our two wonderful sponsors, Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro. And uh, you know, thanks to all those people. We'll catch you here next week. Fangs out. Fangs out. <laughs> Ha! <laughs>